the wonder of my childhood, the God of my youth, my breath, my sunshine, my light and my truth. You thrill me each day, Lord, with your love through and through. I want. Everybody said praise the Lord. And everybody give the Lord a great big praise right now, would you? We are standing in a pivotal moment when destiny and history are joining together for the apostolic church. As Brother Carney has so eloquently expressed this evening, that we could be a part and are a part of something most dynamic that God wants to do right now. Turn around to somebody and say, I intend to be a part of it. I give honor to Brother and Sister Carney, their family, and this wonderful church. Their ministry of hospitality and kindness, they provide a conference that is a reprieve, a beautiful time of refreshing and then the challenging of the spirit and the word that we enjoy every time we come to Woodlawn. I would like to indulge a moment of personal appreciation for the wonderful job that Brother and Sister Wallace do hosting us every year. They bless us. Thank you. And this choir has been exceptional tonight. And in the event that you don't know it, before me and behind me are the greatest preachers in the world. It's my distinct honor and privilege to try to set a tone of challenge for the church in this moment by referencing Genesis chapter 22 verses 1 through 4 we will begin this evening again it's my high distinct privilege and honor to be challenged to stand in such a, a moment of destiny when every message is so significant that God is speaking to the church Genesis 22 verse 1 
And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And I really believe that God is tempting the United Pentecostal Church right now. The Bible says he does not tempt with evil. So if he is tempting, he is waving before us, he is alluring, he is enticing us with an opportunity to do something good. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac. Of course, he had another son whom God disregarded. He said, I'm talking about your only son. And then God specified it even more detailed when he said, You know, Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto, will the audience say, the place. Would you say the place? of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw, would you say, the place afar off. Verse number nine. And they came to, would you say, the place. They came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place, would you say that place, Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said in, to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. I preach to you tonight what I feel the Holy Ghost is endeavoring to tempt us with and to give us an unprecedented opportunity, and that is the place of the sworn blessing. The place of the sworn blessing. How many would like for God tonight to do as he did for Abraham? Can I humanize it, personalize it, illustrate it that you might more clearly understand what happened here? When God raised his hand over heaven and said, Abraham, I swear I will bless you. How many of this audience tonight would like for God to raise his hand and say, I swear I will bless you. Clap your hands if that's a passion. <laughs> Lift the praise up just a little bit more. Lift it up just a little bit higher here tonight for just a moment. And everybody shouted, hallelujah. You may be seated. I am convinced and I am somewhat convicted by my personal observation that our present day passion and spiritual pursuit for God's blessings and his spiritual benefits is being displaced 
misplaced, and even replaced. Our spiritual quest must go beyond presentation, performance, or publicity. It takes more than pedigree, profile, or promotion. We must have more and we must exceed ability, talent, or treasured skills. The glory of God, his greatness, the illustrious gifts of God are only granted by arriving at a special place in God. I'm calling it the place of the sworn blessing. I want to tell you what you're looking for, what you're praying for, can only be found at that place. It is in a spiritual place. It's the place of the sworn blessing. Genesis 22.4, the place. Genesis 22.9, the place. Genesis 22.14, that place. And then I heard the writer of Psalm begin like this in 91 and 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Do we have the rest of the verse in front of me? I have to go behind me. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. I want to show you what it means when you get to the secret place. You will say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. And in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. I'm preaching there's a place that you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. I said, I rebuke a spirit of fear in the apostolic church. We're not to wake up every morning wondering if we've got cancer. We're not supposed to wake up every morning wondering if this little pain I feel is a heart attack. When you get to that secret place, you will not have to fear the pestilence nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. I'm waiting. Continue. A thousand shall fall at thy side. Ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon. Thou shalt trample under feet. 
because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. I'm talking about a place, a habitation, a dwelling where God will bless you. It's the place of the sworn blessing. Let me expose you to the prepared proportion of the blessing that is in the place of the sworn blessing. When you get to the place of the sworn blessing, good is gonna turn into great. And the local is gonna turn into the global. And instead of adding, you're gonna be transformed into multiplying. I'm telling you, there is a place where God will lift his hand and he will swear, I will bless you. I don't know about you, but I'm after it tonight. I'm going for it tonight. I'm desiring it tonight. I want God to swear a blessing upon me. Somebody say, I want to be blessed. So let me quickly define for you and describe for you what happened when God swore a blessing over Abraham. First of all, let me address this. God said, I swear I'll bless you. Now, the Bible teaches us that we're not to swear. As parents, we tell our children there's things they shouldn't do. And if they shouldn't do it, then we feel like we shouldn't do it. But God told us not to swear. And then he turns around and says, I swear. Now, why could God do that and we can't? The reason is we can announce things. We can proclaim things. We can have ambitions and we can have intentions that we could never be able to fulfill. But I want to tell you about a God. When he says he can do it, he can do it. When he says he can heal, he can heal. When he says he can save, he can save. When he says he can bring revival, he can bring revival. When he says he can fill your church, he can fill your church. So let me show you what this blessing is really all about. First of all, God said to Abraham, I swear I will bless you. And here's one of the profound blessings that Abraham received in the place of the sworn blessing. First of all, God said, I'm going to reveal myself to you in a way that humanity has never known. Nobody has known me like I'm about to introduce myself to you. I'm getting ready to show you about me what the world has never seen. Unto you, Abraham, I will now be known as Jehovah Jireh. 
I will be the Lord that provideth. Whatever you need at the place of the sworn blessing, I'll provide it. I said, you'll never know a need when you reach the place of the sworn blessing. God will be Jehovah Jireh. He will be blessed and he will multiply. His blessing will be twofold. It will be like stars and it will be like the sand. He will become the friend of God. His seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And I like this. He will be the source of a worldwide blessing. If you get to the place of the sworn blessing, you will now be a part of a worldwide blessing. I feel the Holy Ghost is really wanting to move some of our ministries from local to global. God's wanting to move some of our local churches from local to global where you won't just affect your community. You won't just affect your city. You won't just affect your state. You won't just affect your nation. But you will bless the whole world. Does anybody want a blessing that will bless the whole world? I'm talking about a place. I'm talking about the place. I'm talking about that place. This place is not close. This place is not just around the corner. This place is not on the next block because Genesis 22 and four, the Bible said, after three days of traveling, it took three days of traveling just to reach a place where he could now see it. But when he saw it, it was still a far off. I'm preaching tonight about a blessing that's way out there. I'm preaching about an uncommon blessing. I'm preaching about an unusual blessing. I'm preaching about something that's going to set aside and set apart and it's going to demarcate and it's going to make a major difference in our world. but you're gonna to have to do some traveling to get there. And a lot of Pentecostals just aren't prepared for the journey. I'm telling you, church, it's time to come out of those chairs tonight and let God know we're ready to travel. We're ready to move. I didn't come to impact to look at you and you didn't come to look at me. We came here to be moved by God. It's a sworn blessing. Now let me show you a little characteristic here of Abraham. If I would have known as Abraham did what was on my agenda for that day. 
Knowing what God had told me the day would hold, I would never have set my alarm clock early. Matter of fact, I'd have stayed awake as long as I could to ensure a little late sleeping. But that's not Abraham. Knowing what was ahead of him, the Bible said he woke up early. In other words, if this is what God wants for me, if this is God's will for me, let's get it on. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. I'm not backing up. I'm not slowing down. I'm not going to be restrictive. I'm not going to be in low gear if this is what God's got for me. I'm rising up early and I'm saying I can't wait to see what God is going to do. Too many Pentecostals come to church, sit on the pew, sit in their chair like they're at home with their legs crossed listening to the radio. I say you come to church like you're at home in your recliner. It's time to move from the back of that chair to the front of it and say, I'm anxious to see what God's gonna do here tonight. I'm anxious to see what's about to happen because God is gonna swear a blessing on somebody here tonight. sworn blessing how about it in the balcony do you want a sworn blessing where God says I swear I will bless you you may be seated I will bring to your attention tonight three key components and characteristics that will carry you and help you arrive and are absolutely necessary for you to get that sworn blessing even as Abraham got it. First of all, as Abraham, you must be willing to return if so requested. Your miracle, your possessed promise, you must be willing to bring back to God what you have received that you now have enjoyed for some time, that you thought you never would have it, that you thought it would never take place. But the truth is, you've got it tonight. You're enjoying it tonight. And it's what you prayed for. It's what you waited for. It's what you wept for. It's your love. It's your life. It's your laughter. That's what Isaac was to Abraham. It was his gift from God. But God woke him up and said, now I want you to bring it back. You've had it a while now, but I'm asking you to return what I gave to you. I don't think I'm ready to move on just yet because I still gotta convince some of you that you're living in your miracle right now. 
you're experiencing things that you prayed about for a long time. You're enjoying blessings that God had to supernaturally perform for you to have them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? You're in churches, you're in buildings, you're in houses, you're in miracles that God gave you. But Abraham woke up one morning and God said, I want to see if you're willing to give it back. I want to see if you're willing to return what I have given to you and you've been enjoying. See, that's the reason God demarcated. I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want the one you love. Don't even try to bring Ishmael up here. Don't even try to present what the flesh has produced. I want what my spirit gave you. I want what my miracle power gave to you. And we apostolics have got a death grip on our prized spiritual treasures. We waited so long to get them, prayed so hard to receive it, but at impact, God's gonna ask you, are you willing to bring it back to me? What I'm preaching is, if he asks you to give it up, can you release it? And what do you most treasure? The fun the gift brings or the favor of the Father? The things of God or the God of the things? It was Billy Cole who said, the reward of sacrifice is the honor of being asked to do it again. Are you wanting a sworn blessing? Then you've got to be willing to relinquish the miracle God gave you. Bring it to an altar. Stretch it out and say, you gave it to me the first time. And if I kill it, you can bring it back to life. But I got news for you. God really doesn't want it. He just wants to know if you will give it. And if you will just give it, he's gonna give it back to you and miracles are coming with it and blessings are coming with it and signs are coming with it and the supernatural's coming with it. You must not guard your blessing at the bottom of the mountain. I want somebody to know you haven't seen God's best blessing yet. I want somebody to know you haven't seen God's best miracle yet. You haven't seen God's greatest revival yet, but you've got to give up what you've got in order to get it.
You gotta be willing to turn it loose. I had evangelized, you may be seated, seven years. God had blessed us. We were privileged to preach in great churches. Had a full schedule. Very secure. When God said, I want you to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, there's five people there that need a pastor. My daughter was so impressed. And I'm not sure I can do this because this is totally unrehearsed. Brother Dylan, would you come help me just a minute? We hadn't been in Raleigh very long. Turn around here and hold my mic for me. We hadn't been there very long until my daughter Christy said to some of her friends, and we overheard her. She was used to be in good churches, preaching revivals, big churches. She said, Here's our church, and here's the steeple. You open the door, and this is what she said, we ain't got no people. (laughs) But you gotta know why I went. Because in a prayer meeting one night, God said, if you'll turn that loose, I gave you that revival ministry. I gave you that evangelistic ministry. But if you'll bring that back that I gave you, I promise you, and this is what he said, I will show you my power like you have never seen it before. Pentecostals, you're gonna have to loosen your grip on your last miracle. If you want another one, if you want a bigger one, you're gonna have to let the last one go. I gotta move on, but I feel stuck right here. Cause some of you said, God has provided for me. I'll never be without again. God has blessed me. I'll never know sacrifice again. God has honored me. I'll live the rest of my life in the bed of leisure and riches that God has brought to me. You may do that, but he'll never lift his hand and say, I swear I'll bless you. The only way he's gonna lift his hand and bless you is if you say, God, you gave it to me. God, you brought it to me. And if you want it back, I'm gonna stretch it out on this altar and I'm gonna believe there's a greater miracle. Let me make it plain to the preachers. This is what I'm talking about. It's turning down a good paying church to start a church. It's refusing the solicitation of a large congregation because you feel God's called you to a city somewhere where there's just a handful. When you do that, God's gonna stand over you and he's gonna say, I swear I will bless you. (laughs) 
I swear I will bless you. It's leaving a great thriving church to go to a foreign missions work. A church that didn't vote you out. A church that didn't have splits. A church that had money. A church that took good care of you. But you said, I'm gonna give this back because I believe there's a sworn blessing somewhere that's gonna blow my mind. It's gonna be greater than anything you can imagine, but you can't wrap your hands around it till you turn loose of what you got right now. Stand up and lift your hands and say, I'm turning it loose. You may have done it once, but the blessing comes when you do it the second time. Woo! Somebody shout yes! Somebody shout yes! This little guy with a striped shirt on, come here just a second. Yeah, come here quickly. You may be seated, church. Hannah thought she was greatly blessed of God when God gave her a boy. She thought that was a mighty manifestation and miracle from God. But she had made a promise that I need to remind some of you of. When you don't have it, it's easy to promise. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. You got what God gave you through a prophecy and a promise, but now you're just holding on to it. Now, I will, I will address the humanity of Hannah. If you read the Bible in 1 Samuel, you'll read that she promised God she would give him to the Lord. After she got him, she said, I'm loaning him. It's in the book. I'm not through with him. It's in the book. When she didn't have it, she said she'd give it. When she got it, she said, I'll loan him. But the blessing came when she brought that boy to the prophet and said, God gave him to me and I'm giving him back and he's gonna be used of God all the days of his life. I want some mamas to release your children to the ministry. I want you to release your sons to preach this gospel. Quit telling them they're gonna be millionaires. Tell them they're gonna be home missionaries. Quit telling them they're gonna be financiers and tell them they're gonna be foreign missionaries. If you'll take it back, God will swear a blessing on you. I've been fortunate this summer to spend some time with this great man of God, my friend. 
Brother Raymond Woodward, be sure to be here to hear him preach. Profound speaker. Just in a passing conversation, I brought up a great man that I've always revered and respected. He lives in Nova Scotia, Canada. I met him years ago. His name is John Men. Most of you have never heard of John Men. But you hear me when I tell you it's Paul, Peter, and John Men. He's in no man's land. Way out in Nova Scotia. He's elderly now. But I was moved to tears when Brother Woodward told me that at least six times John Men has refinanced his personal house to bless a whole missionary. Six times he went back into debt so he could have some money to give to somebody to start a church. Now I know you got quiet here tonight, but when I said Abraham went three days and it was way out there, now you know how far it really is. If God's blessed you with a good church, you need to increase your foreign missionary giving. You don't need to hold that stuff with a firm hand. If you want God to stand up and say, I swear I'll bless you. I want you to know this man right here has got a sworn blessing on his life. God has stood over Jerry Wayne Dillon and said, I swear I'll bless you. You can't help it, you're gonna be blessed. You can't help it, you're gonna be blessed because everything he gets, he gives it back. He gives it back, he gives it back. And God said, I swear. Now that's the first component. I've got two more, I'm gonna preach on quickly. The first one is being willing to return what God has miraculously given you. The second one is found in Genesis 22 and 5 where Abraham said to his servants, abide ye here. I and the lad will go yonder and worship. The second thing you're gonna have to have to get a sworn blessing is the ability for what God called sacrifice. You call worship. God said take him to that mountain and offer him as a burnt offering. That was to be a sacrifice. But when Abraham got ready to do it, this ain't no sacrifice. I'm not sacrificing, I'm worshiping. If you wanna be blessed, you're gonna have to get over that moaning, groaning, griping, complaining about what you're doing for God and quit feeling like you're sacrificing and start saying, I'm worshiping, I'm worshiping, I'm worshiping. Ladies, when you live holy, you need to say, I'm worshiping. 
Men, when you live clean, you need to say, I'm worshiping. When you pay your tithes, you need to say, I'm worshiping. Our service, our ministry, and our sacrifice must be more than ritual. It's gotta be more than responsibility. It's gotta be greater than obligation. We've gotta say this ain't sacrifice, it's worship. When I get up on Sunday morning to go to church, it's not sacrifice, it's worship. When I go Sunday night, it's not sacrifice, it's worship. When I go Wednesday night, it's not sacrifice, it's worship. If you'll change your attitude, what you're doing will be blessed. Turn around to somebody and say, you know what? I got a feeling. I may have been doing right. I may have been doing right. Wrong. I may have been doing right, wrong. But you won't be blessed just doing right. You gotta do right, right. Serve the Lord with gladness. There's too much sadness in Pentecost. There's too much madness in Pentecost. Serve him with gladness and he will swear a blessing on you. You gotta quit going to church and wish you were somewhere else. God's getting ready to raise his hand in this building tonight because somebody's on their way up the mountain. (laughs) Somebody's already started toward the mountain. Yeah, you gave it to me, but I'm gonna give it back to you. And I know when it comes back this time, it'll be greater than it was originally. Turn around to somebody and say, you can stay at the bottom of the mountain and you can keep your blessing, but it'll never get any bigger. But if you'll go up that mountain, he'll show you himself like he's not showing anybody else. There's a reason some churches are blessed more than others. They have found the place. They have found the place. They have found the place. to some young preacher in this room and I hasten on. You don't need to burn ulcers in your stomach, bite your fingernails off to the elbow, or be bitter about everybody else that's being blessed. You don't have to have pedigree. You don't have to have profile. You don't have to have positioning. If you can get to that place, 
if you can just get to that place. Quit looking for people and start looking for the place. Quit looking for a spiritual handout and start climbing that mountain and look for the place. I don't want to offend anybody here tonight, but I think we need a mind correction. Lights ain't going to do it. Smoke pots ain't going to do it. Hollywood ain't going to do it. You need to find that place of consecration, that place of dedication, that place of submission. And God will swear a blessing on you. You don't need to copy your favorite preacher. You don't need to preach his sermons. You need to climb that mountain and find your own place. And God will swear over you. So you got to be willing to bring your miracle back. You gotta call worship what God called sacrifice. And the third point may be the pivotal one of most significance. What Jehovah wanted to see from Abraham is every day he watched idolatrous worshipers offer their sons. Every day he watched the heathen give their boys. God was not a God that accepted human sacrifice. Because just like he told, the angel said, don't kill that boy. Because God's provided. Key word and somebody's screaming it. God has provided. God never wanted human sacrifice because his plan was he would make his own. He would be that lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. But he saw them doing that every day, stretching their boys out to idolatrous gods. And what he wanted to know is this, Abraham, will you do for me what the heathen will do for his God? Will you be as sold out? Will you be as selfless? Will you be as sacrificial? Will you be as devoted, dedicated, and determined as the heathen are? Can I pause for an illustration of that? When those angels visited Lot's house, those heathenistic, devil-possessed perverts wanted to sexually assault the angels of God. And the Bible said those men were smitten with blindness. But under the judgment of blindness, they kept trying to find the door. Blindness did not even deter their desire. 
God said, will you be as passionate? Will you be as possessed? Will you be as persistent? Will you be as committed? Will you be as consecrated? Will you be as compelled? Will you desire me as much as a drug addict desires a fix? Will you desire me as much as an alcoholic wants a drink? Will you desire me as much as a rambunctious rock concert, pill possessed, out of their mind, crazy audience will stand by the hours and dance to ungodly music? Somewhere we've gotten the idea that they could do that for the devil, but we shouldn't do it for God. Will you let them do for gold what you won't do for God? If you were to disco tonight, there'd be more than six dancers in the crowd. God said, I got a blessing for somebody. I'm gonna swear a blessing on them. But when they, what, what they're gonna have to do is, they're gonna have to do for me what I see the heathen doing for their God. There was a bar next door to our church years ago. And every Friday and Saturday night, I'd see guys thrown out of that bar. Brother Cox, they didn't call the police. They didn't call their lawyer. They got back up and staggered back in there. <laughs> Pentecostals? Well, he didn't even shake my hand. I ain't going back. Didn't even recognize me tonight. I heard about one man that was an alcoholic and he had drunk so, mo most, so much alcohol that cancer had eaten part of his face off. And so he would take a handkerchief and he would drape it over his face. And he would take a straw and stick it under there so he wouldn't offend anybody and keep on drinking. But we're worried that we're gonna mess up our $300 shoes. And we're worried that we might sweat a little bit here tonight. And we're worried we might mess our hair up a little bit tonight. But God says, if you'll do for me what the heathen does for their God, I swear I'll bless you. If you're used to dance in the dance hall, you can't be saved if you don't dance at church. If you used to get high on drugs, you can't be saved if you don't get high on God. Because you gotta love this as much as you loved your sin. Turn around to somebody and say you were crazy for the devil. It's all right to be crazy for God.
If you used to run the roads, you ought to run the aisles. God wants to swear a blessing on somebody. But you're not gonna get it at the bottom of the mountain. You're gonna have to climb that mountain. Let's all stand. Acts chapter 19 and verse 34. Paul upset the Ephesians because he, excuse the North Carolina verbiage, he busted their God. He busted it. Not only that, they didn't like what he was. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all the Ephesians with one voice. Now, God help us. When the heathen can have more unity than the church. We can't even sing a song through without some people singing the, the verse and resting on the chorus. And some people resting on the verse and singing on the chorus. And we claim to be united Pentecostal. But the problem is, two thirds of you came here tonight to watch. But when heathens get around their God, Nobody watches, they all participate. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours, cried out, great is Diana of the Ephesians. When somebody ran a statistic here a while back and proved that the average praise set for the Pentecostal church lasts about 23 seconds. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying if I were to say right now, let's all praise the Lord, it lasts about 23 seconds. But for two hours, they scream. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And God said, when the church will do for me what the heathen, what the idolaters will do for false idols, I'm gonna lift my hand and I'm gonna swear a blessing. I'm not saying two hours, but I'm saying for the next little while, we can't leave here until we with one voice start screaming, great is Jesus.
the God of the whole earth. Great is Jesus, the God of the whole earth. Great is Jesus. For the space of two hours, they screamed to a God that could not hear them, to a God that would not answer them, to a God that would not help them. Come on, Pentecostals. God will give you a sworn blessing when you will do for him what the heathen will do for their God. My prayer tonight is take me to that place. Take me to that place. To that place special sacred place where I can be with you and you can make me like you I think there ought to be a charge on this altar tonight God take me to the secret place I want a sworn blessing I want a sworn blessing Come on, put aside Pentecostal protocol. Put aside professional Pentecostalism and tell God, I want a sworn blessing. I can be with you. You can make me like you. I want a sworn blessing. for that special place. Take me to that place. It's time to come pray. Go after that special place. Go after that place. A place where you can be blessed. 